violence. This is not peaceful, uh, you know, dissent. This is a violent assault on American democracy perpetrated by Trump, Cruz, Hawley, uh, and incited by them as well, and their gutless colleagues in Congress. Uh, this, you know, the thing that bothers me is that it's on all of the news coverage, the television news coverage. It says that Congress's vote count was uh, was interrupted. We're not, but we're not counting votes. Congress has no role in that. That is the state's job exclusively. In each individual state, is counted many times and in many states by hand where necessary. The votes signed. That was United States Congressman Brian Higgins reacting to the United States Capitol insurrection on January 6th, 2021. Earlier this month, Higgins sat down with investigative post reporter Jeff Kelly for a new podcast series. From local racism to the fate of American democracy itself, Higgins' answers revolved around a central theme, division. For Investigative Post, I'm Garrett Looker, and this is Newsmakers. Welcome, Congressman Higgins. Jeff, it's good to be with you. Uh, It's good to see you. Uh, Listen, Brian, you you are our eyes and ears in uh, D.C., Explain the craziness there. Is it is it really as nutty as it appears? Without question. Uh, you know, historically, you know, the two parties, major parties, had philosophical differences about a lot of things. Uh, the Republican Party has become, uh, was hijacked by Donald Trump. And fear is a powerful thing. And he imposes himself on a process that he does not understand. Uh, it has been very, very difficult. Uh, we, uh, as a nation, came very close to losing our democracy on uh, January 6th. Uh, there was a plan uh, that could have thrown that election uh, to the House of Representatives, not without a legal basis, but uh, there were ways that they were trying to accomplish that. And when it's uh, Amendment 12 uh, that would uh, throw the election, if they were able to bring Biden's electoral votes to below 270, uh, article or uh, uh, Amendment 12 could have been invoked, and it's called a contingent election, and it would have gone to the uh, to the House of Representatives. It wasn't. It would not have been a one person, one vote situation. It would have been one state, right. one vote, and Republicans uh, had control of 26 states, uh, to Democrats 22. That was the plan. So Trump wanted Pence to invoke uh, a constitutional power that he didn't have. But it could have gone far enough where uh, they could have pulled it off. And, you know, I just had my my good friend and colleague, Jamie uh, Raskin, in Buffalo last week, uh, who wrote a book. He lost his son uh, to suicide and then uh, subsequently led uh, the second impeachment of Trump. And it was a violent insurrection, and it was a coup attempt. What you would refer in, 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 in political science terms is a self-coup, uh, not a, a sitting 
president being overtaken by the military, but a president trying to hang on. So it's a, it's, it's a problem. And, uh, and, you know, my concern is it's, it's everything's friend enemy distinctions. Everything is zero sum. Um, and uh, give, give me so, sort yeah. of a, a, a practical example of how that division leads to dysfunction in terms of legislation and programs. How does it affect individual citizens? You would think that there would be a situation wherein issues would be uh, would be uh, determined by, on their merit. You know, you do an infrastructure bill, right? Right. It's pretty simple stuff. Historically, Democrats and Republicans have supported in bipartisan ways those kinds of bills. It doesn't happen anymore. And everyone discusses what they need, and you come to an agreement, right? That's right. That's what the process should be about. You know, when the civil rights of 64, the voting rights of 65, those bills were all part bipartisan bills. Um, uh, environmental laws, you know, after the first Earth Day, uh, most of those bills, the Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act, the Safe Drinking Water Act, uh, all of those bills were done with bipartisan uh, majorities, and everybody kind of worked together. Uh, it doesn't work that way anymore. There's no bargaining like that anymore? There is, but it's it, it's too, it's suboptimal results, yeah. um, and we should be doing bigger and bolder things. Uh, as a nation, I think we have that capacity, but the political situation does not uh, help to facilitate that. It, it's 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 an obstruction. Yeah, in his uh, September first speech in Philadelphia, the president su- suggested democracy is in peril. Right. Well, he's right. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. Absolutely, without question. Jamie Raskin, who's a constitutional lawyer, uh, constitutional scholar. Um, you know, he had said, and and a progressive reformer. Uh, and he had indicated that there's no, this is not a time for ideological purity. Uh, all fascist uh, movements uh, and authoritarian movements are only stopped by a progressive right of center coalition. And that is what is needed. You are either with democracy, you support democracy, or you're with those who are bent on destructing it. Yeah, Wait, in, in that speech, the president was also careful to distinguish between Trump-supporting Republicans, make America great, yeah. uh, uh, again, Republicans, and this other pool of Republicans. Right. Do, do you agree? Is that is that differentiation important? Well, look, you look at somebody like Liz Cheney, who I would disagree with on 99% of issues. However, Jamie Raskin, again, wrote a book on the, the, the January 6th uh, uh, events of January 6th, refers to her as a constitutional patriot because she is upholding uh, the rule of law and the Constitution uh, as it relates to this individual district. You know, there is no dispute that Donald Trump incited a riot and encouraged a violent insurrection of the United States Capitol. You know, think of all the damage that that does. You know, you're Vladimir Putin in Russia. You just... Ask your people to watch American television and just run that. You don't have to say a word. And Putin is saying, see this democracy thing? It's not all, it's not all that it's you know, made up to be. Does it seem so different than what we have here? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's just, it's a big, big problem. And just, you know, if you've got 90% of people, for example, 
who support comprehensive background checks for anybody to purchase a firearm, right? Why don't we have comprehensive background checks? There's no Second Amendment issue. There's none of that stuff. When you have assault weapons, there's, there's 330 million people in America. There's 400 million guns in America, 31 million of which are assault rifles. These assault rifles are being used to kill uh, in mass shootings, to kill as many people as possible in the shortest period of time. Uh, I don't, that is something, if your government can't protect you, if your government can't protect your family, then government loses its legitimacy. And what Trump and his extreme supporters are doing is trying to delegitimize democracy so that he can have his way in whatever it is he's trying to do. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I, <laughs> right. There's no end game, you don't think? It's just situational? Yeah. I, I, but, but the problem is I'm concerned that the situation is going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Well, in the shorter term, however, there is there are the midterm elections. There are, and there you know there are polls that are showing the, the, some promising trends for Democrats there who, are, are. who are otherwise sort of up against the wall as as the ruling party usually is in midterms. W- what do you make of that? Is it is it enough? Is this trending toward Democratic candidates enough? To I think getting legislative achievements done is helpful. I think the Dobbs decision has been very, very helpful. Uh, You know, the Supreme Court has lost its credibility. Uh, It has overreached. Uh, The Chief Judge Roberts admonished his associate judges uh, to adhere to the principles of judicial restraint in ruling on Dobbs and and overturn Roe v. Wade. And the problem is they ignored him, his associate judges, uh, judges, and he joined them in their majority opinion. Right. Uh, you know, Alito, uh, Thomas, uh, they're out there giving political speeches to uh, right-wing extreme groups. Uh, Alito is using uh, the term abortionist to describe medical professionals uh, in his uh, majority opinion. Uh, it has lost its legitimacy. It is a political uh, it, it's, it's a collection of political hacks, and they have demonstrated that. So, you know, they want to throw the issue of uh, abortion back to the states, but at the same time, they want to take away the states' rights to protect their people from gun violence. Hmm. So there's no consistency there. And uh, well, you know, it's interesting because sort of across the political spectrum at various points, uh, People have argued, have pointed to the court and say You're, it's illegitimate. We we can't respect your decisions or how you've made them. Um, it's almost ecumenical. Everybody looks at the Supreme Court and 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 is angry, right? How does how does the, how do you restore the reputation of a branch of government once lost? I mean, Congress deals with this too, right? With disapproval and yeah, yeah. This is this is a, well part of the problem when you have your your institutions that historically have been respected. When they are obliterated, people lose their confidence in these institutions that were put in place for explicitly good purpose. They evolve, they all evolve, um, but this is the problem. You know, the presidency's lost its legitimacy in many ways. Congress has lost its legitimacy in many ways. The Supreme Court 
has lost its legitimacy uh, in many, many ways. Uh, the Catholic Church, I mean, you just keep going on and on. Uh, you know, the uh, elections, look what's going on with elections. Uh, you know, the principles that were established in 1965, uh, uh, Voting Rights Act, uh, have been, you know, you, you can you can be criminally charged for giving, you know, a woman who's standing in line to vote in Georgia uh, a bottle of water. You know, this is, this is bad, bad stuff. And I do believe that the vast majority of Americans are of good purpose, but the radicalization of this, 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 you know, Trump faction of Americans is, you know, the good thing is Biden got more votes than any president in the history of American presidents. Trump got second highest votes. So uh, any, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is Trump never received a majority of the popular vote. Uh, so the, the irony is that he got the exact number, 306 electoral votes in beating Hillary Clinton that Biden got in this past election beating him, and he won, Biden won 7 million more of the popular vote, and somehow his election was stolen. Right. But, but it seems on. as if you're suggesting we should thank Donald Trump for reinvigorating uh, engagement in the political process. I think there's better ways to achieve that. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're looking for a silver lining, I, su- I suspect that could be it. But t- to answer your question, Jeff, I, I think that uh, the events for which we will remember the midterms have not yet occurred. Hmm. And finally, I just want to say about the community of Buffalo. Buffalo is a tough place. It's resilient. It has overcome adversity in many circumstances. We have never had such terror exacted on this community in the entire history of this community. But what we can do from all of this is learn. They say that to live is to suffer. To overcome the suffering is to give meaning to the suffering. The Greeks say that we suffer our way to wisdom. It is a hard fought for wisdom, but the hope is in the days immediately in front of us, working at the state, federal, and local level, we will find a way to stop the violence and the hate in this community and in this country and throughout the world. So as a result of the May 14th massacre, there's been um, much discussion about how to address the region's racial divisions, segregation, and, and inequity. What's, what's your take on that? We've discussed the Kensington Expressway. That's a big, you know, infrastructure issue. What, what else? Well, the Topps Market was located on Jefferson Avenue, not because Topps wanted it to be there. That was a community initiative. And I think that the uh, community that was most affected by what happened on May 14th uh, needs to take that is a lesson that they need to communicate to all these people. Look, you got a lot of people that are wanting to be helpful. I flew with the president to the site, you know, from Washington. A lot of attention, and that presents opportunities. But I'm also concerned that, you know, some of the money that's coming in, uh, you know, may not be used for its highest and best purpose because it's not – that typically doesn't happen generally because, as I mentioned, much like the city council and making decisions, human nature has an effect in terms of establishing priorities. 
But I think what we most have to learn is that racism is a terrible thing. It's an obliteration of another person's soul. It's drawing a superficial conclusion about somebody that is not only inaccurate but wrong. It's judging people not by their content of their character but by the color of their skin. And, you know, I have enjoyed good success in the black community of Buffalo, and I have come to know that community very, very well. There are faith leaders. There are young people that still believe in the east side of Buffalo or East Buffalo, as it's now being called. Uh, uh, the, the, the people in the black community are highly relational. They can size up an individual in two seconds. They just have a good sense of, 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 of character and, and what good people represent. They know when they're being bamboozled. Um, and I just, you know, if you look at the east side, MLK Park, give an example. There's a friend of mine. I, um, he's, he's part of a group that grew up on the east side of Buffalo uh, near Westminster predominantly black community. So he invited me. They have a reunion every year. It's called the Westies, right? And it was at Como Lake Park. So I go out there. I'm driving, like, through Lancaster. I'm thinking, what, that, what am I doing out here, right? So I, this guy's name is Ike. So I said, Ike, why are you out here? He said, well, you know, Martin Luther King Park, there was a shooting there last week. So when people from the community want to utilize a park to celebrate their annual uh, reunion, and they're going out to Lancaster, when in fact we have MLK Park here, that's a problem. That's a problem. And I think, you know, you look at MLK Park, it could, we, we could have a lot more trees. We could have uh, all the parks, you know. They're, they're good for the good that they do. But I think, you know, when you look at a, a community, a neighborhood that was ravaged uh, by the shooting, um, uh, obviously, life quality issues of education, of housing, of infrastructure, of, of equity, of opportunity, uh, inclusion are very, very important. And we have to get this right. I will also say this. Um, I'm surprised that there wasn't a lot of violence after May 14th. And I attribute that to uh, the faith leaders. Uh, to a lot of good people who I knew but now know in a different way because of the leadership that they demonstrated. They didn't try to, you know, sugarcoat anything. This was a white nationalist uh, who came into Buffalo from far outside of our community with one objective, to kill black people. Uh, that could have triggered something that was much worse. I think the political community, I think the mayor did a very good job. I think his demeanor is, 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 was very, very helpful in this. Again, not attempting to say, you know, this is, uh, this is not as bad as it looked. It, it was bad. It doesn't get any worse. But to also say we're going to be okay. And I saw that and, you know, many of the vigils, uh, vigils, uh, many of the uh, meetings uh, with with you know faith community elected officials etc. So I think Buffalo responded as best it could, but you've got to find a way to honor the memories of those good people that were killed, and the best way to do that is to create a healthier, more inclusive neighborhood that they were all committed to. These were good people. They were fathers and mothers. They were grandparents, and 
and uh, retired school teacher, retired police officer. Um, uh, so there's the lesson. It, 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 it should be a rallying point. Uh, to demand more, yes. Uh, but to make sure that that, that new element of, of help that's coming into uh, the community is used to achieve the highest and best purpose. Last question. You won your Democratic primary last I month. Did. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, you are, uh, you know, unless the levy breaks in November, you will, uh, you'll be elected to your 10th term in Congress. At yeah. How much longer? Well, I still am very, I'm highly energetic. I believe in, uh, uh, I still have a vision for the community that I love, the city that I love, the cities that I love. Uh, we have a vision for Niagara Falls. I have a vision for the city of Buffalo. I think, you know, the last uh, nearly two decades, uh, we did some things that changed Buffalo for the better, uh, including, you know, an attitude about what we are capable of. Um, so, uh, you know, with uh, my uh, tenure, uh, I have more seniority. I'm a member of the House Ways and Means Committee. Uh, I could potentially be chair of the Budget Committee if the Democrats maintain uh, the House. With that comes influence and working with my Senate colleagues. We can deliver a lot more good things uh, to Buffalo and Western New York. So I feel very young and uh, very energetic, and I will continue to do the best that I can for this community that I love. Very good. Well, thank you, Congressman Higgins. Thank you, Jeff.